Hello and welcome to another episode of Weeb Cafe. I'm Claire, that's Chris, and we are doing a review of Cowboy Bebop. Now, this technically was supposed to come out so long ago, except life is more than this podcast, sadly enough. And so it's taken us about almost a month to get through 26 episodes of Cowboy Bebop. But we got there. I think Chris maybe binged at least eight episodes today to finish it. Absolutely not. Oh, no, of course not. You were very prepared days in advance, as was I. I finished it the week we were originally supposed to record, obviously. Obviously. But it we're doing this because we had a lovely listener um, tell us that uh, they were going to be cosplaying Faye from Cowboy Bebop after hearing about our body positivity podcast. And so it was only natural that we must fulfill ourselves of the knowledge of everything about Cowboy Bebop so that we can support them when they cosplay Faye. And I just want to say, Faye, I would let her step on me. Valid. I would too. Like straight up, straight up babe. So we're going to start with, uh, as we always do, a kind of non-spoilery version and then we're going to move on to some of our more uh, <laughs> detailed notes. And then we're going to say, I uh, have some questions that we have. Also just going to give a brief overview about what Cowboy Bebop is, like the overarching plot, what it is. One of actually the oldest animes I've ever watched, ever. Like at all, which was cool. But overall, first impressions, Chris, what were you thinking? So I have actually seen a lot of art of Cowboy Bebop, and I didn't know it was from Cowboy Bebop. So I was, like, going into this, because we watched the dub, uh, and dubbing has come a long way from the 90s, I will say that, as somebody who grew up with the original Sailor Moon. Um, I didn't have much hope, because I was like, ooh, this is probably gonna be real bad i actually really enjoyed it uh i love spike and i don't know if i want to marry him or i want to be him i just really enjoyed it i liked it a lot more than i thought i was going to i'm not gonna lie what about you i liked it so much i'm gonna say right now didn't really care for the ending but i love the show overall like great style amazing music honestly top five op of all time so catchy. I know. I listened to it today. Since you just mentioned the music and it popped into my head, I think it would be so cool to do a performance for a con contest as Spike and Faye to like that OP. Oh, hell yeah. Them doing like a jazzy ballroom. Oh, God. I'm going to have to pitch that to Jalitza. And then they I'm keep on like pushing each other like for spotlight. Oh, man. It'll be great. Um, Alright, so Cowboy Bebop was first aired in 1998, which was the year I was born. Fun fact for the fans. You make me feel old. Bitch, shut the fuck up. You were born in 1996. <laughs> that is two years. Chill the fuck out. So, Cowboy Bebop follows the adventures of Spike, Jet, and Faye, and their weird demon child, Ed, through space. <laughs> as they collect bounties on these criminals through the uh, galaxy. Claire, you forgot the most important character. Are you talking about the dog? Ein. How can you forget Ein? I love him! Yeah, the dog's pretty cute. It's a corgi, right? 
Yes, he's a corgi. Cute little corgi named Einstein. Wait, is that what it's short for? Pretty sure. Do they say that? I mean, I don't know. I feel like I didn't pull that out of my ass. Let me look it up. <laughs> I say, wait, I need to Google this right now. Oh, wait, no. Oh, no, it's, it's, uh, fuck, my bad. It's just the, Ein is a Japanese word for data dog. LOL. Oh, that's because he is a data dog. That makes more sense. That's funny, but you would not get that if that was definitely for the Japanese audience because I did not get that. But I love it now that I know. Favorite character? Hands down. I love the man. Spike? Yeah. He seems he seems like your type because he's an asshole. Oh, literally, the first episode I was like, mm, I'm going to love this man. He's so sassy. He is. He gives no fucks. He really doesn't. Mine is Ed. Yes! I figured you would really like Ed. They're so spastic and fucking awesome. Also, Ed is, I guess, canonically, Edward. Um, I guess technically, like, fanonly non-binary, which I thought was awesome for 1998. Oh, 100%. Well, there's also another thing that we'll talk about later that really took me by surprise, considering this came out in 98. Which means they were, like, making it in, like, 97. Yeah, and Japan, which has not always been and still continues to be not a great place for um, gay people. But it was it was interesting. It was definitely interesting. If you like adventure with... There is, like, an overarching, like, antagonist. But he shows up very sparringly until, like, the very end. So if you like very isolated episodes to where, like, you could pull an episode out of Cowboy Bebop without watching some of the previous ones, and you would probably get what was going on. You don't really necessarily, I think, need to watch the entire show to watch, to understand every episode. I would just say, so it's essentially a Western sci-fi anime. That is what it is. And something that I really compared it to while watching is it reminded me a hell of a lot like Firefly. So if you haven't watched Cowboy Bebop, which I feel like everybody has and we're just in the minority here because we were very late to the aim, aimy, anime game. <laughs> it's been a long day, okay? Uh, very late to the anime game. Um, if you like stuff like Firefly or other Western sci-fis, like, You'll eat this shit up. And I think that's why I ate this shit up. I liked it so much more than I thought I was going to. Like, so much more. Honestly, same. I thought I was just going to, like, chug through it and just be like, I'm just going to finish it because I have to finish it. But honestly, the only reason I didn't sit down and, like, binge it within, like, a few days is because, like you said, life happens. But, like, I really did enjoy it. Like, and I wanted to keep watching. And I will have it said... I did not cry, but I did, it did bring, like, some tears to my eyes, where I was like, okay, that got me. It got me a little bit, a little bit, uh, at one part, which we'll talk about, but that's just because I'm sensitive. I'm so proud of you, Claire. I just want you to know that. That I didn't cry? That you didn't cry. You're getting there, you big, tough cancer. Hell yeah. All right, anything else you want to add before non-spoilery stuff? I don't think I have anything that's really (laughs) non-spoilery. 
Okay, well, here's something that's kind of non-spoilery, is that it's just general knowledge. Cowboy Bebop takes place in the year 2071. I looked it up. Mm. So, from 1998, that would be 80, 70, 70 years in the future. 70 plus years yes. in the future. All right. Are we ready to jump into spoilers? Woo! All right, if you have not watched Cowboy Bebop, don't listen. Or if you haven't listened and you just don't give a shit, then let's go. All right, episode one. Can I just start off by saying this? And, like, I really should put more preferences with my notes because half the time I don't forget <laughs> what they were about. Have you watched Banana Fish yet? I watched three episodes and I got sad. Oh, just wait, it gets worse. But <laughs> I don't know why, but the very beginning made me think of banana fish and all I wrote is, is this, is this banana fish? I don't know why I wrote that. Yeah, I wrote he broke up with his girlfriend or someone killed his girlfriend. So I'm wondering if maybe that has something to do with why you thought it was banana fish. I really don't. I, I wrote that weeks ago when I first started watching it. Um, I also wrote, I was like, this is definitely a 90s anime and I'm not mad about it. Uh, it was very nostalgic, like, the art style, the colors, the opener. Mm. That song slaps. Hell yeah. I play it all the time. I just go three, two, one, let's jam all the time. Well, one of my first notes is, um, Spike is an, is an 80s looking Deku. He is. Well, have you not seen all the memes about... Spike being Deku's dad? Yeah, there are so many memes that I've seen of Spike and Deku and Spike's Deku's dad. <laughs> and it's the funniest shit I've ever seen. See you in space, cowboy. <clears throat> I love that. I love that so much. I want it, like, if I had... You know those, like, really fancy, cursive, like, letter blocks that rich southern, like, Christian ladies have in their home that say, like, love and eat and like jesus <laughs> i want one that says see you in space cowboy and i want to put it in my kitchen i love that okay so i should have taken better notes because <laughs> from <laughs> from what i can tell it starts where like spike is in like a bar and there's like some people who are like shooting because there's this weird and it's a drug thing that's going around and it's making people that's why it's banana fish oh because of the drugs yes i was like why did i call it banana that's why okay okay anyways back on track sorry that just it connected and then the first thing honestly that i noticed is that i talk about the drugs things and now people are dying and stuff and the next thing i have in all caps are her boobs aren't pressed up to her neck her boobs are <laughs> realistic boobs and i remember texting chris and being like chris i saw this lady with accurate boobs, and then she doesn't come back. Ever. And I was very upset. The one character with normal boobs. With normal boobs. And then you meet Faye, who does not have... 100% she has fake titties. That's why I think Julie's is a cosplayer. Yeah, because here's the thing. Here's the thing about, like, boobs in anime, and the way that shirts fit on them, is that they seem to think that, like, only around the titty area, shirts become, like, suction cups. And they just vacuum. You know, like, those those things that were advertised on TV that, like, shrink down your luggage? The vacuum. I feel like they think that shirts work like that around boobs so that they can, like, curve around like a cup. 
and that's just not not how not how boobs. Space bags. They're called space. Bags. Apparently, they're called space bags. I just call them a bother because they don't always work, but they just get your shit down, and then they wrinkle all my clothes. Like that's how you know it was written by a man. <laughs> but I don't know if that's correct, so <laughs> please don't come for me. I tried to look it up. No, it's a guy. Kieko Nobomoto. All right, so it was written by a man that explains why her titties are all like that. Yep, and I guess the the English person who worked on it is Mark Handler. But both men. The creator was a man, but the screenwriter was a woman. And therefore, we count that as a plus. No wonder we love it. We're getting some representation here in Cowboy Bebop that I just wasn't really prepared for. Well, and then the other thing I want to mention, because I was literally thinking this as I was watching the last few episodes, that is the most POC I have ever seen in an anime. Right? Which it just, again, was like, this is something that came out in 98. And maybe it's just because it's supposed to be more set. I mean... I'm probably thinking of this wrong, but it gives me more of an American vibe to it than a Japanese vibe. And so maybe that's why there's more POC. I really liked being able to see all of that. I would just say, like, this uh, anime really, really pushed the envelope for 98 for me. I know. There were so many. There was a lot of just uh, queer representation that I wasn't really prepared for. Now I see why everybody loves it. And I really think everybody should watch it. I think it's dope. I think there's a lot of uh, just kind of how it really paved the way. But also now it kind of just makes me feel kind of like, really? Like Cowboy Bebop could do representation in 1998? And you want to make fucking Mineta bisexual? That or never forget. Um, I mean, I know you won't get this, Claire, because you disappoint me every day. But they make lesbians into cousins. In Sailor Moon. In Sailor Moon in the 90s? Like, what? It's fine. It's fine. We're somewhat coming a long way. It's fine. We took two steps forward and then five steps back and now we're back two steps forward. Okay. This is also something that I didn't realize until, um, like until we got to the end of the episode, uh, the end of the series, but the guy who can, the, the fortune teller is in the first episode and he's also in the last episode or when Jet goes to like talk to him, he's in the first episode and I forgot what he says. But I have it in here being like, Native American guy, read the future, question mark, question mark. Oh, yeah, they do go back to him, don't they? Yeah, because he's the one who told the syndicate that, like, Vicious is going to attack. Also, I called Vicious so many different names. I called him Venom. I called him Vindictive because I forgot Vicious. I would just like to know if that was just, like, a code name or if that was, like, his real name. I mean... Granted, we do have Spike. Again, the reason why I'm not, I don't have really, like, a clear overarching, like, storyline of, like, of kind of, like, what happened in Angel Beats, where we were, like, and then this happened, and then this happened, is because every episode was so different that, like, writing down what happened in every episode was just be kind of redundant, as not a lot of it really pertained to, like, the overarching plot of the story. Um... So I think when we talk about the overarching, like, theme, I think we need to talk about Jet and Jet's backstory, Faye's backstory, Spike's backstory, obviously, and then, mm -hmm. like, a little bit of Ed. Um, because I'm mad, but I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna hold back my anger until we get to Ed. Uh, Ed, the beautiful angel baby. I love them. 
one more thing I want to say about this show is that the quips, I just have some, some lines here that I would like to read off. Oh, please share. Please. It's time for a dog nap. And this was said in reference to a dog. Hottest granny in the solar system. I don't know who said that, but I'm guessing it's Spike. I wouldn't be surprised. And then this one is from Jet. I don't know, and I have no opinion. Which um, <laughs> Lauren has, has now deemed as, as something that she would say. And then we got uh, from Spike. Peace to the galaxy and to my bank account. <laughs> Which I feel. Why is that me? I'm going to use that from now on. Right? So those are just some of the uh, some of the, the quotes that I really like. I will say, the older I get, the more I relate to Jet. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I want to be Spike, but I know deep down I'm Jet, really. Um, oh, also, while we're on the topic of Jet, because I was curious, um, when you get to the episode towards the end, where he's like running around with that little girl who's his friend's daughter, trying to find him. And they make the comment about him being her boyfriend. And he's like, no. And then he turns around and says, I'm not even old enough to be your dad. More like a brother. And I was like, wait, how old is he? Because I was thinking he was like in his 40s, almost 50s. He's 37. What? He's He's 37. Exactly. How interesting. But also, then I got curious, and then I was looking up, and so Spike is 27. I thought he was a little younger than that, but I can, I can vibe with that. Um, and Faye is technically 77, because she was frozen, but she's got the body of a 23-year-old. Maybe that's why her boobs are so nice. I mean, I'm 23. But they don't look like hers! You have nice boobs, Claire. Thank okay, you! She was also frozen, so I'm assuming... What if they just went ahead and gave her a boob job while she was under? They were just like, eh, while we're here. They did reconstructive surgery, so maybe they were like, mm, let's give her some nice ditties. This would be like, man, she's going to really appreciate these when she wakes up. Ah, boobs. So if it's, okay, wait, 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 wait. I need to do some math real quick. Okay, so if it's 2071 and Faye is 77, that means she was born in 1994. Yes, because she was frozen for 50 years. Wait. That would mean she was born. That means she was 21 when she, I'm confused now. I don't know. Anyways, moving on. We're too stupid for this. Moving on. Oh, oh, wait, wait, wait. So if she's, um, if she is 77, she was in cryo for 50 years. That means her accident took place in 2021. I mean, they do mention 2022 at one point in the show. Some big event happened and they stopped tracking something. And I was just like, no, please, no. Please, for the love of God, do not throw us anything else in 2022 because I will cry. I'm already over it. I'm over it. Yeah, it's informative. Also, so we're just talking about this already. Uh, they mentioned Ebola. That is true. And I was so caught off guard. <laughs> I mean, I know Ebola existed, but like, I had literally never even heard of it till the Ebola scare. And- 26, 15? I was, I remember it happening, but I was in high school. I know I was in high school too. So it must have been 2014. Whenever, around that time when the Ebola scare was. Let's start with, do you want to start with Spike and go, like, backwards? Or do you want to start with, like, Jet or Faye or, like, Ed and then work our way up to Spike? Go big or go home. Let's start with my boy. All right. So we're going to start talking about Spike and his backstory and everything and how we thought about it. So Spike originally started out in the Red Dragon Crime Syndicate. 
And then he was partnered with the antagonist Vicious. And Vicious had this blonde bitch named Julia. Don't get me started on Julia. Fucking Julia. Fucking Julia. And Spike fell in love with Julia and vice versa. And they're gonna run away together. Which I mean, come on Spike, bros before hoes. He really just didn't, he really just broke the bro code at that point. The pussy was just too good. Apparently. Um, can we talk about how the sex, like, they're not even sex scenes. They're just sex, like, photographs. How they just look so sad. Okay, to be fair, though, there, <laughs> this, this is not in Spike's thing, but there is one sex scene. And it's the one where it's two guys fucking and Faye runs in. And I was literally just like, and she literally nothing doesn't act like anything weird is going on. And I was like, oh, so we got canon gaze. Cool. <laughs> Anyways, okay, sorry. <laughs> so they fall in love and then they like want to run away together. And so Spike's like, I'm a piece out of the syndicate. Come with me and meet me at this one place. And Julia's like, sure, K bet. And then Vicious shows up to Julia like, bitch, I know what you're doing. Here, Here's what you're going to do. Is that you're going to take this gun, you're going to shoot Spike, or else I'm going to kill both of you. So you get a choice. So she goes to like meet Spike and is basically like, bruh, he found us out. You gots to go. Um, I'm going to peace out and not see you or talk to you for many, many years. Um, but it's better than you being dead. Or better than either of us being dead. So then they peace out and Spike doesn't see her forever. And then is on an endless chase to find her? Question mark? I think that's what, like, he's been working as a bounty hunter to get money to, like, eventually, like, his goal is to get back to her so that they can have a life together. The other thing, too, is, though, because... She's probably still associated, well, yeah, it even says it toward, like, in the last two episodes, she's still associated with the syndicate, so by tracking down these other bounties, it could have potentially lead him to find new information on where she is, which is weird, though, because I really thought she was dead for, like, the first half of the show. Me too! I thought she was dead, and I thought that was like kind of part of the reason why he left like they killed her but we were wrong nope very wrong she's very much alive and still still finding ways to just fuck up like bitch bitch ended up getting herself shot and died in spike's arms and then we'll talk about the ending because i'm hella like still like a bit confused but bitch has the most horrible last line ever which just because imagine like you're holding your dead lover that you haven't seen in years and the last thing that they say is it's all a dream <laughs> like what okay oh yeah so that but also we forgot to mention so spike has a fake eye because of an accident that happened long ago did not understand that because they did bring it up a few times earlier in the episodes. And it's not until the last fucking episodes that he says something about it. And I'm like, I thought maybe he just had some weird superpower. Like, 
But also, if his eye does this thing, like, I don't know if maybe it was just a metaphor where he was like, one sees the past and one sees the present. Or if it's like actually a thing, because we also get those weird flashbacks throughout the series. Right? Because I'm also, I'm also confused on like whether or not he was being serious or if he was just being like metaphoric, which, you know, I'm not good at metaphors. But somebody else even brings that up like earlier before we even know it's confirmed. Remember what episode it was, but there he's talking to somebody and oh, it's the guy saxophone man saxophone man because he knew julia he meets spike at the very end and he says how she always said you had two different eyes and if you looked into them for too long like it would unnerve you because one sees the past and one sees the present and so that comes back again full circle in the last episode grinchia mars elijah geo ekenner (laughs) they have a very long name but, yeah, so Spike maybe or may not has the power to see into the future or past. Or just see the things that he sees because it's only, like, his memories. But also sometimes I mean, they're not from his perspective because sometimes you'll just see Spike, like, in his past memories. So, like... It's like an omniscient view. What are the rules of the eye? What if it's just straight PTSD? That might be what it means by one sees the past, is it's just straight PTSD. Yeah, could be. So that's Spike's overarching. And then at the end, after Julia dies, he goes back and has one final meal with Jet. And they laugh about and tell the story of the cat that lived a a thousand lives. And it's all very metaphorical. I got that one. That one did not go over my head. Then he goes on basically a suicide mission to go kill Vicious. And he ends up doing it, and then dies. (laughs) Or collapses. He collapses after killing Vicious and the majority of the syndicate. Nah, that bitch is dead. Yeah, he's probably dead. He got stabbed a lot. Like, a lot. So, and no one at the end, all those people were just looking at him. And then he just collapses, and everyone's just standing there like, dope. (laughs) Cool. Let's not go rush to this guy's aid at all. Of course not. So then, so that's Spike's overarching development throughout there. And one of the things that I, I just love the found family trope, just in general. That's such a good trope. And this show really, really does found family really good. Because, um, like, one of the things that he, that he says in the beginning once Faye and, and Ayn come on, is he's just like, and Ed, he's like, Jet, do you want to know the three things I hate? Women, children, animals. How the fuck do we have all three on our ship? I was literally just about to bring that up when you said found family, and they all drive, well, nobody drives Ed insane, but they all drive each other insane, but they all love each other, and they would die for each other. Like, they literally, like, they turn around and they save Fave's ass all the time freaking ed like Faye went off with ed found family is the best one of the one more thing i want to say about uh spike is that i liked him as a character i thought it was awesome but the one thing i didn't like about him is just his real his he's on julia's dick and i just couldn't really get behind it 
they didn't really show enough of Julia to make me want them to be together. Other than, oh, she nursed him back to health. He was there when he, she was there when he got hurt. Um, like, but Spike almost jeopardizes his relationship with Jet for Julia. Like in episode 12. Bros before hoes, man. Yeah. It just, he really puts Julia before everyone else. And even himself. And so it just kind of is like, like, find, find someone else. Please find someone else. Pretty please. So, but that's the last thing I have to say about Spike. Is there anything else? Would you like to confess your love or anything? Again, I don't know if I want to be Spike or if I want to marry Spike. But it is now going to be my sole purpose in life. To make Jalitza do Faye to my Spike. She's flipping me off, but I know she's doing it with love. Of course. Anyways, why don't we move on to Faye next? <laughs> Alright, let's go on to Faye. Gonna be honest, at first, I did not care for her at all. Like, not even, like, when she first showed up, I was like, mm, girl, uh, girl kind of getting on my nerves. <laughs> but she grew on me. She grew on me like she grew on Jed and Spike. Because for a long time, I was just like, oh, man, she's really just using the space as, like, a place to crash and not really helping or, like, she had to be saved a whole bunch of times. She was just very, like, I just didn't really like her. And so we eventually learned that she woke up only recently from a cryogenic sleep with no memory about who she was. And this one guy being like, like, here's everything. And then he faked his death and left her in a shitload of debt. So she had to become a bounty hunter to pay off his debt. Um, and there's a whole episode where she finds out that he wasn't actually dead. And he was like, I've loved you, Faye. Now fuck that bitch. Fuck that bitch. When he came in, I was like, this is going to be bad. Yeah. So like I started to feel like I kind of felt more sympathetic for her after that episode. Because I was like, she woke up. And literally the first thing that happened is that she was betrayed by someone who said that they loved her and just left her with absolutely nothing in the world. And she had to just generate the world like on the knowledge that she gathered up in the moment. Like she wasn't from this world. Like theoretically, if our timeline is correct, her accident was in 2021 and she woke up in 2071, but she had no memory at all. She didn't know who she was. So she made up Faye Valentine and got to work and was paying off. I feel like that's her actual name, though, because they would have to give her her name when she woke up. Because she has medical bills, which is also why she's in debt, not just from that dipshit, but like she's like 30 grand in debt because they cryo froze her. Which I'm like, she didn't ask to be cryo froze. No, she didn't. So. so, like, that was just kind of weird. But the whole thing where she was like, I don't know who I am. And then they find the, the very ancient VHS tape. Oh, but it's not even a VHS tape. It is a beta tape. I guess, you're right, a beta tape. Which I, was that a real thing? I know that's way, way beyond our time. Hold on, let me Google this. I'm curious now. Um, But, yeah, but... <laughs> that was another thing that really surprised me. 
was the fact that they could still find something to play, like, a VHS tape. Because, like, even those are hella fucking hard to come by, like, in today's standards. And then the more as the story progresses, you learn, like, a little bit more as Faye tries to really find herself. And then she thinks she finds herself back on Earth. And then she just, at the end, there's a whole episode, like, I think it's the third to last episode, where the team kind of breaks apart, where it's just Jed and Spike again. Because um, mm-hmm. fucking Ed... God damn it, Ed. God damn it, Ed. Ed leaves, and then Faye leaves to go, like, find herself. But she comes back because she realizes that she doesn't have a life back on Earth. Like, her life is on the bebop, and she just has to come back. And so that's kind of like how she was, but she remembers, like, her her family because she had a... She recorded herself in her day... And she was a fucking little nerd with her little video recorder. And goddammit, Faye, you just wanted, you wanted, like, a nice life. And she has this whole thing where she's like, like, future me. Like, how's this going? And I hope you're like this. And I'm just like, man, I, I wonder, I think I wrote it down. Like, I wonder what the younger version of me thought that myself at, at this age would be. And I think that kind of thought process made me cry. Because <laughs> I was like, man, I feel like I'm really disappointing 12-year-old Claire here with uh, with what I'm doing. So it was just kind of some feels for me. How did you feel about, uh, about Faye's backstory, Chris? It made me like her a lot more. I already kind of liked her. And then I was like, oh, baby, she was literally just trying to figure out who she was. Uh, And trying to remember, that's all she was doing. And she's a good bounty hunter. Like, she works her... She does the work. She just sometimes... She really just goes in out of her head. Because she doesn't have the experience of Jet or Spike. Because she's so young. Alright, everybody's favorite dad mechanic, Jet. Jet! First off, when we get his backstory that he used to be a police officer and then... Not retired... Because he's not old enough to retire. But, which is like, when he said he didn't work for the police anymore, that's why I thought he was way older. I didn't realize that he had just left. But I guess, like, uh, you know, uh, police work and, like, being in the war and shit, like, that takes a toll on your body. I liked him. I did. He was very much the dad of the group. Always calling them all out on their BS. On their bullshit. And then my favorite part, my favorite part. So at the, on, on episode 14 is the one with the chess master that Ed plays against and kind of like wins that whole thing. And at the very end, Jet goes up to like the business guy and he's like, what do you want? You want money? You want, what do you want for capturing this chess master who is like killing a whole bunch of people? And Jet just goes, don't kill him so that Ed can continue playing chess against him. Because Ed really likes playing chess. And I was like... "Uh." (laughs) He cares for that little shithead. He cares for Ed. Goddamn Ed. That little gremlin. So we learned that Jet was an ex-cop. And he was betrayed by his partner. And his arm got blown off? Lost his arm? He lost his arm and now he has this really cool mechanic arm. 
but he goes on this kind of quest to defeat the man who took his arm and then he finds out that it was it was uh it was his partner and he was betrayed and so i think it's something that keeps um that comes back a lot in the in the series is that they're all all the characters are kind of searching for something but at the end of the day the bebop is what they have it's like this is where mm -hmm. they belong is on the ship together except for ed <laughs> Goddamn Ed, but we're gonna we're gonna we're saving it. Anyways, let's talk about your wild child. Oh fucking Ed! I love Ed. So Ed is a androgynous child who multiple times gets mistaked mistaken for a boy and a girl, literally by everyone, even their own father, <laughs> who you'll meet later on in one of the last episodes. Wait, does he say that? I thought... He says, like, oh, this is my daughter, or was it a son? I really can't remember. <gasps> oh, my God. I got words about that man, but I'll hold them in for a second. So they find Ed um, on Earth, and what you later find out is that they were part of, like, this orphanage program on Earth, and there's a lot of other kids like Ed who come from that place where they're quirky and they're really smart, um, but they work with machines, and they all kind of just do their own shit. But Ed is, I would, I would dare say, like a prodigy with computers and hacking, and he really, uh, he really fucks their shit up when they first meet him. My favorite thing is at the end of that first episode where they meet them, and Ed helps them capture this thing. Fucking Faye tricks him and is like, oh yeah, I'll do whatever you want, just help us. And then she fucking leaves him, and he's like, ah, oh, nah, bitch. And makes the ship turn back around to come get him because she promised he could go with them. That was fucking hilarious. Oh, man. Yeah, can't, can't, uh, can't fool Ed. Nope. You really can't. I love fucking Ed. I love them. They're so cute. They're just so, just so out there, just in their own world. Like, the fact that, like, so they're like a hacking prodigy. Also, the whole space sickness episode where there's, like, a thing going around. Fucking at the end of the episode, Ed eats it. How is that child still alive? By just pure spite. Pure spite. That's something we share in common. Also, I think one thing that was really funny about Ed was the fact that when they're breaking into the hospital for the cult episode, the religious cult episode, which, wow, <laughs> wonder why, um, they stick Ed in a dress with a big bow, but they didn't make her put any shoes on. Still walking around barefoot. And the fact that while Jet's making this whole BS story about how they need to get in, he just keeps elbowing her, and she goes, oh, "My daddy!" <laughs> and like all over him, I was crying. It was it was great. It was wonderful. But also, um, the fact that this man, because when we get more about her backstory, when uh, her and Faye visit the orphanage, the fact that this man says he it took him seven years to realize he left his child at daycare. How do you forget you have a child for seven years? You're, Cause you're a shit dad. Cause you're a shit dad. So it was like, fuck Ed's dad. 
But then Ed, like, throughout, he helps the Bebop, like, all the time. Helps, like, is living very happily with them. And then, like, when his dad comes back, Ed just leaves to go be with their dad? What? But that's, but that's already after their dad has taken, like, has fucked off, and now they're gonna go try to find him again. But I will admit, I do like that at least Ed isn't alone because Ayn went with him. So he at least had a little buddy, but still. Like, and Ed's gonna be fine. I'm not worried that Ed's gonna, like, die. If anything, I'm worried for anyone who encounters Ed on the way to find <laughs> their dad. But mm, I'm like, yeah. you don't need your your deadbeat of a dad. You have Jed and Spike and Faye. That's your family. They're the people who cared for you in their own way. It took them a while, but they got there. They're not the best parents, but they're still parents, whether they want to be or not. Yeah, I really just, I hate the the trope of, like, they leave at the end. I really hate it. I don't like it. Um, it does not show growth or that they learned a lesson or anything. But the whole reason why Ed left is because Faye was talking about, like, everyone belongs somewhere and you have to just find where you belong. Like some bullshit, like Ed and Faye don't already belong on the ship. That's where they belong. They're a family. But see, they don't realize that yet. Oh my god, Jet's all alone. No, Faye's still there. Faye and Jet. Well, Faye's Faye there, but do you really think that Faye and Jet are going to stay together now that Spike's gone? Because they weren't really close. It's not like if Ed and Jet were the last people, Ed and Jet would have stayed together. But I don't really know if if Jet and Faye would, would really stay together the whole time. I would like them to, but I don't know if they would. It just made me sad because I really liked Ed. And it's just like, you don't need... You don't need to go find, you don't need to chase after some person that doesn't want you just for the fact that they have a title like your father, like your family. Like, you don't need that. If you have mm -hmm. people in your life who treat you the way that you want to be treated and who love you the way you want to be loved, then a title of someone who's your family doesn't mean shit because they don't treat you like it. Fuck that. That's, that's why people tend to prefer their... Uh... Picked family over their blood family. Yeah. Because they treat me like how I want to be treated. Yeah, I'm not going to leave y'all to go find my long-lost dad. Even though I know where my dad is. He's not long-lost. He was a very nice dad. Just, just for clarification, I feel like I'm coming off like I don't. Like I have some personal tie. No, my dad was a very nice dad who was present and is still present in my life. As I say, doesn't your dad live like 20 minutes from you? Your parents? You live in the same city as your parents still. I do. I actually have dinner with them tomorrow. Aww, tell them I say hi. Alright, so that's Ed. Anything more to add about Ed? About Ed? Just that I love them, and that's it. I guess that's uh, that's it. Are there any other characters you want to talk about? The Texan actual cowboy was pretty, uh, was pretty funny. Uh, yes, please. Can we talk about Andy? Please, for the love of God. Andy the cowboy? This bitch. This bitch showed up because before... He's never mentioned... And then he shows up in this one episode, and he is the worst fucking bounty hunter there ever was, first off. Uh, like, they talk about how he joined this group of bounty hunters, and then he got kicked out because he was too reckless and destructive. 
He has, like, over, like, 200 counts of, like, property damage and injury. He rides a fucking horse, which we haven't seen a horse this entire show. Except for this one. So I was like, is that a real horse or is it, like, a robot horse? But then, so he carries, he rides around on this fucking horse. He rides around in, like, full western cowboy getup, causing shit and not even knowing what his real target is that he's after. But my favorite thing is when they're at the masquerade party hunting the teddy bear bomber. And he comes back, like he comes up the elevator on his horse. And he's got a gun pointed at Spike and Jet because he's like, you're not getting away this time. And they're like, it's not us. And then like the manager comes up and says, you can't have your horse in here. And he basically talks about how his horse is his ESA. Right. He was like, I need this horse. He was something. And then Jet beats him. And he's like, ah, he put up a good fight. I give up. And then quits being a bounty hunter. Like, literally, and Spike even talks about it. He's like, he was literally a bounty hunter just for hobby because he's a spoiled rich kid. And didn't know what else to do with his life. And he wasn't even that good at it. It was funny. I really like the dub. Man, they really... It was so fucking funny. Yeah, I loved the uh, the Afro girl from the train episode. The one that Ed runs into with the watermelons? Yeah. She gets arrested for child kidnapping and she's like, I don't know where that kid and that dog came from. It was just, it was so fucking funny. I really liked her though. I liked her style and I liked her just entire vibe and I liked her car. So I was just like, oh hell yeah, I'm all over this. So those are some side characters. What are some lingering questions you have, Chris? Just, how is Jet only 36? And how do you forget your child at daycare for seven years? Yeah. So Lauren actually brought up, like, a pretty good question. Is this, like, fantasy, like, reality? Or is it supposed to be, like, kind of real? Because Faye like got injured when she went up into space and the thing cracked and like open or stuff like that. Um, but that was in 2021 or 22 theoretically. And we obviously don't have that awesome space travel, but is it supposed to be set in like a, like a realistic future or is a, is it a theoretical future where you can just, go into space i would say i mean granted it's i would say it leans more towards realistic personally because if you look at it they go and they travel to all these different planets and other places in the solar system and you never see somebody who's not human true so from what i kind of pieced together there was a big event that happened and like there's still people that live on earth but earth is kind of a wasteland at this point like it's destroyed and most people have moved from earth to the other planets in the system so i think it's more realistic cuz it's not like star wars where there's a bunch of different like types of aliens and other creatures that you run into i'm not saying that they're not out there but like for what we know right now i think it's more realistic than fantasy if there were more like aliens maybe do you think that or do you think it's more fantastical i think for 1998 it was realistic i mean i guess still in that time we were still thinking like 
this could be more of like a reality. I think of it more as like contemporary fiction than more fantasy or, or I guess it is technically sci-fi, but I would say more contemporary sci-fi because in this, uh, in the span of from 2021 to 2071, the earth has gone to fucking shit. We're halfway there now. We're, we're so close. Um, so not really that far from reality, but I, I honestly, I don't really know. I would say more realistic, but it just, it seems just a bit more contemporary sci-fi, which are some big words um, that make me feel all artsy and important. And I appreciate you for that. You have the big words. Those are uh, final thoughts. Uh, Fuck Julia. Ed, I think is pretty good representation. I mean, coming from someone who is a cis person, I can't, I don't know, but I thought it was pretty cool that they were just like, they just accepted that Ed's just Ed. They don't need a label. I think I think Ed even addresses that at one point because they ask them and they're like, Ed is Ed. Yeah. Ed's just Ed. Oh, I also like that they talk in the third person like a fucking weirdo. What if I yeah, only well, talked I... about myself in the third person? The only reason they found out that Ed was female to begin with is because Faye was with them like saw them in the shower or took off their shirt or something like that to help them change but overall uh how would you how would you rate cowboy bebop cowboy bebop was solid nine out of ten the really the only thing i didn't like was the ending and that's only because like i'm fine with with how like spike ended it um like i mean i didn't like it but i'm fine with it i did not like that ed left and didn't come back because they all had their moments where they were searching for something from their past, realized that it wasn't what they truly wanted because they chose the bebop over the life that they wanted in the past. And everyone did that. Except for, obviously, Spike, who died with his dream. Oh, and also we need to talk about what we think that what Julia meant by it's just a dream. Because I had to look up some shit because I was super confused. But Ed was the only person who didn't come back. And I didn't like that. Okay, so when Julia said, when Julia was dying and said, it was all a dream, what do you think she meant? I don't know. I could see as, like, multiple things, like, if we want to get real fucked up, be, like, Spike's cryogenically frozen somewhere, and this whole thing that played out in his head is just some dream while he's still under. Um, Or if you really want to, and you really want to fuck with people's feelings, uh, her love for him. And their whole relationship was just a dream. Yeah. That's more what I think. Not in more like a like a cynical way, but I think that the the idea that they could ever be together was the dream that she was talking about. Yes. Probably that, because like she said, after the last big battle before he left the syndicate, they were supposed to meet up at the graveyard. And she never showed because she was supposed to kill him. So I think the dream was that they could run away and live happily ever after together. And of course it was a dream, so it never happened. Yeah, so it never happened. But also I thought it was going to be like, because he just told Faye about the whole like, oh, my eye, like one of them only sees the past. And then so the whole thing where Julia was like, it was all a dream made me think that half of the show wasn't in the present. I thought that maybe half of the show was in the past, and so it was like a time thing, 
and then we were going to jump and Ed was going to be like 10 years older and Spike was going to be dead or something and it was or Jet was going to be dead and it was going to be like a whole like big huge reveal twas not I was thinking too hard into it you really were that did not even cross my mind I was going for uh like Avengers Infinity War level uh <laughs> level shit and uh yeah that's just not not what it was I will say it did irk me a little bit because I went into the show with the pretense that Spike and Faye would end up together. And that did not happen. Did not. And especially, and then I was like, oh, it's going to happen when they have that last talk before he leaves. And still nothing. I was like, nope. Alas, they did not. I would say I would also give Cowboy Bebop. Nine out of ten. I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed it so much more than I thought I was going to. I think the dub is really good, especially like considering it came out in '98 when dubbing was not the best. I love the characters. Like I think it still holds up pretty well because you know there's a lot of shows and things and jokes that don't age well, and I feel like. Even though Cowboy Bebop came out like two decades ago, it still holds up really well. And I can see why a lot of people love it and why a lot of people think it's their, like, a lot of people say it's their favorite anime. If I didn't already have, like, a really strong nostalgia attachment to Sailor Moon, I think it could beat out Sailor Moon for number one. Oh, yeah? I really liked it. It was really good. I thought it was awesome. I really liked the storyline. Again, I think that there could be a couple episodes that I'll just, like, pick and be like, man, I want to watch that stupid mushroom episode again. <laughs> the mushroom episode. And then they didn't get the drugs. They were, they were just shiitake mushrooms in the end. Oh, man. What a time. I think I would rewatch the Andy episode, too, because that was really funny. All right, well, do you have any other thoughts before we wrap it up? Nope. All right, thank you once again for tuning in to another episode of Weave Cafe. I'm Chris, that's Claire. We've had fun discussing Cowboy Bebop with y'all. Feel free to shoot us a tweet, follow us on Twitter, send us an email, leave us a review on Apple Podcast. We would much appreciate it. We will catch you next week. Don't know what we're talking about yet, but we'll figure it out. Bye. Bye.